Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of two aspiring designers. Their singular goal, to join the design team and shape the future of second edition. To stand tall as the last survivor of twelve elite contestants. To boldly go where no designer has gone before. Folks, um, you are listening to the podcast version of the live Make It So Results show. Unfortunately, recording started a bit late, um, and the first part was lost, but there wasn't too much. Uh, we started out by playing pre-recorded interviews from two of Team Morris's members, Nathan Miracle and Jonathan Ingle. So we're going to play those for you now and then jump right back into where we picked up, which was right after those recordings ended. So enjoy the podcast and let us know what you think. State your name for the record. Nathan Miracle. Gooey Chewy. And you were on which team in the finals? I was on Mark's team with Baron Morath. Tell everybody who's listening a little bit about what it was like working on the most toys. Uh, it was great. It's honestly the most fun I've had in Make It So so far. Even more than doing your own? I think so, yeah. Okay. What was what made it so fun? I really like the team that Mark picked out. We all worked really well together. We were able to bounce ideas off of each other, and that made the whole process a lot easier. Mark went ahead and put up uh, different threads for each of the three of us and gave us assignments and said, okay, uh, you do this, you do that, and you do this. And we did those assignments, but then we also posted e- each other's threads. So, you know, I might put ideas in my thread, but then Triumph might put, you know, responses to my ideas in my thread, and I could respond to his ideas in his thread, and, and the same thing with Not the Hobbit. Um, was, was there anything that you didn't particularly like about the way your expansion progressed? Um, No. No, I, I think I liked it pretty much start to finish. Um, so what's what's your least favorite thing about the most toys? Are we looking for like a particular card or Yeah, a particular card or, or something that you didn't you you don't think you hit as well as you wanted to or just something you're personally not happy with. Something that I, I realize I missed this afterwards. Wish I had thought of this before. Chulak, the Vulcan, uh, who 
games Assassin and Treachery, which I think is you know great for what he did in the show. I forgot to give him transporters, and later on I realized you know he made the bullet beam from one place to another. He probably knows how to work transporters, so I would have liked to have given him that skill. Absolutely. So, so I'm going to assume that if I were to ask you who you think is going to win, you, you would say Mark. Oh, absolutely. Uh, if Mark doesn't win, why do you think that is? Like, what do you think the the people or the judges will point to and say, ah, if if we announce Ben as the winner, why do you think that is going to happen? What do you think? What would you point to and say, okay, I understand. First off, if I think Ben's the winner, then then I think it'd have to be a very close contest. Uh, so he would just barely eke it out. Um, could be. I know we we had a wording issue on Daniels. You know that that might cause us to lose a couple points. And you know, maybe maybe it's just little things like that might put him just a bit over the edge. So death by a thousand cuts type of thing. So. Yeah, that that would be one way of looking at it. What in Ben's expansion do you like the most? Uh, I think the, the individual card I liked the most was Established Defensive Perimeter. That was their mission, right? That is the mission, yes. Uh, and I, I like it because, for one, it's a strength space mission, which those are fairly rare. Uh, but I also think it's um, pretty thematic with uh, giving a reason to have Cardassians and Dominion work together because it's a Cardassia system region mission. So you'd want to use it with the Cardassians, but then the game text also helps the Dominion. So I, I do like that card pretty well. Last year you were a finalist, I, and this year you were not. Correct. Uh, if you had been a finalist this year, what would your expansion have been about? That is a good question, and I have not thought that much about it. Uh, Fair enough. <laughs> I, I will say that I would never have thought to do an expansion focused so much on equipment. So that that was definitely not my idea. What would you change about Make It So for the next season? I would probably... Uh, I'm a big fan of Top Chef. but That's my favorite reality-style competition show. So I'd probably try to pick up bits and pieces from what they do. And one of the things that they do is uh, nobody is on a particular team, but then on some challenges you're assigned to a team. And sometimes you get to pick your own team and sometimes you don't. But in the end, everything is individual. Uh, so that that's something that I like uh, that I would probably do differently is not have specific set teams for the whole thing and just do teams for individual challenges. So you could mix up the teams from challenge to challenge then, or, or even have some individual challenges? Right, and have everybody have their own individual score instead of doing it by team. I think we had a great set of contestants this year. I, I think any number of people uh, within Make It So could have gone to the end. I know it was very close between Wayland's Last Clone and, and Baron uh, going into the end there. I, I think either one would be great. So I, I think we're... Uh, I saw somebody post on the forums, you know, I think the main thing we pull away from this is we're not going to have a shortage of good designers in the near future, and I, I think that's definitely true. So tell everybody out there in the audience who you are. 
Hi, I'm Jonathan Ingle. I am uh, on the CC forums Triumph. This was your first time in Make It So. I don't think you played last year, right? Is that correct? No, I did follow along. I read it and listened to the podcast and all of it. How, what was your impression of the, this season? It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I like I learned a lot, and it was it was neat. Uh, was it overall a positive experience? Definitely. I feel like I mean at, at each stage in terms of the feedback, it was very interesting. The challenges were, you know, the thing you talk about. Um, uh, what is it? That that restrictions breed creativity. I thought was you know very much true. Uh, probably the most educational of all was the final challenge and the chance to not just be, oh, you know, here I am trying to make up a couple cards on my own or, you know, here we are, six people that have only limited incentive to work together trying to come up with a combined entry, but, you know, really working as a team with a team goal and somebody who's, you know, in charge was really interesting and I felt educational in terms of getting a sense of what it must be like for the real design teams as soon as we got going, had a, had a forum set up, a little sub-forum, with the idea that he wanted the set to promote equipment uh, as kind of a general mechanical goal. He started out kind of assigning us each, uh, give me, you know, five cards, you know, okay, you know, Triumph, you give me five cards on this, and Gooey, you give me five cards on this. And it kind of had that division of labor for the first few days, I think, but then it, it pretty much broke down in terms of just... You know, he would, you know, maybe each morning or every, every couple of days, he would post some goals for, uh, you know, okay, I want to see us try to, you know, expand on this, or, you know, we really need, you know, some cards that do this, or we don't have any of this card type yet, you know, can we try to come up with some ideas for this card type? We did a lot of talking and brainstorming in the chat room, in the CC chat room. Uh, Mark started adding ideas into uh, Utopia Planitia, ideas that he thought were good enough that he wanted to, you know, develop those more intently. You're going to be pulling for Mark to win. Oh, yes. Uh, if he doesn't, what do you think is going to be the reason why? Because Ben designed a better set, if that's the case. I don't think he designed a better set, but my judgment isn't perfect in these matters. So, <laughs> I mean, there are, there are mistakes in the set. It's definitely not perfect. That We've become more, more conscious of it. It's gone along from um, the wording of um, the, the Daniels, personnel that we ended up with that that has some some I mean real legitimate wording errors that deserve to be marked off at least a little bit for I mean on the whole as I look at it I feel like there's some really good ideas in the set that have been you know relatively well implemented and I think we did a good job uh, on the on the flip side of that coin what do you think is the best card or best thing about Ben's set Two things I like about it. One, my favorite card was Starship to Pal. I thought that the – it's funny. I actually thought about trying to design a card based off of that ship for Mark's set, uh, but was never able to make it work. Um, I thought that the the whole concept, I really feel like it, it does a neat job of capturing kind of the story of the whole, you know, the Romulans are coming to invade your mission unless you defend yourself. They're going to cause you problems type of thing. I thought it was a really cool idea. Um and and of his, I didn't care for some of his cards with the whole make the planet mission second planet mission harder type of thing. But I thought that the starship to pow was kind of a neat a neat uh, cool implementation. I also think that his lockdown mechanic, I, I think the concept is really neat. I don't care for how he implemented it, but I think that his 
he'd observed that people are reluctant to play high-cost events because it's so easy to lose them and lose all those counters you spent on them. And that his idea with the lockdown mechanic was to create low-cost events that spread their cost out over time. And I think it's a really cool concept, and it, I think it's a good insight in terms of players' uncomfortableness with high-cost events. Um, you were a semifinalist in this competition. If, if Did you give any thought to what you might have done for the final challenge had things turned out differently and you'd ended up in the final? Yes. My, my thought for a final challenge was a set promoting archaeology and artifacts. As, as I look over the game, I feel like there's relatively few reasons to include archaeology personnel in a deck. You know, there's a lot of skills you say, like, I don't know, you know, leadership and diplomacy, that, oh, you got to have diplomacy for Gomtu and things like that. But there's not really much in the way of incentive or, or reason or need to include archaeology unless you decide to do archaeology missions. So I, I felt like that would be something to try to promote. And I felt like artifacts are very fun, very cool, very flavorful group of cards, and it would be nice to do more of those. What would you change for Make It So 3 if, if it were up to you? Ooh, hmm. I would say on the whole, I liked Phase 2. I mean, uh, I'm not sure if there's anything I would I would uh, do all that differently with it. I think in Phase 1, if, if there were to be change, I think that that would be the best place to look look for it. The, the, the team phase was just so chaotic. Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, six people all throwing around ideas, you know, uh, what is it saying? Uh, hurting cats. Uh, you know, difficult is hurting cats. Uh, trying to, you know, I remember just, you know, week after week, you know, I was only in it for the first, the latter three weeks. But then, like, each week, you know, it came down to, uh, you know, Saturday night uh, trying to achieve, you know, some kind of consensus and on what, you know, ideas and what cards we were going to use for the entry. And it's Saturday night, and the entry is due tomorrow night. I think that it would be nice if some way could be devised to, to put some, some kind of order on that, whether, whether it's, you know, you create a rotation where each of the six team members is assigned to be, you know, the, the team leader, the design team leader for that week and has the final vote on what cards get put in the entry. Or, yeah, I, don't, I don't know what the best way to do that would be, but I feel like there, there could be room for improvement there. Any last words or last thoughts you want to share with everybody before we wrap it up? Just thank you. I really appreciated the, the chance to do it, the, the opportunity to participate through the whole thing. I had a lot of fun, and I appreciate all the effort that, that you and other judges and people went to, to to make this happen. Thank you to Mark for inviting me to be on his team. I really appreciate that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. You are listening to the live Make It So 2011 results show. Uh, I'm your host, Charlie Plain. Um, if you have questions, you can join us live in the TrekCC chat room at trekcc.org or message a Midnight Lich on Skype. Um, we have a lot of people queued up to join the live call, but we're limited to the number of people we can have on at a time, so we'll bring you in as we can. Um, we just listened to Gooey Chewy, Nathan Miracle, and Jonathan, I forget his last name, and I'm sorry, but his name is Triumph on the message boards. Um, we are going to now go live with uh, Mark Morris and Nob the Hobbit. 
uh, who is Mark is obviously Baron Morath, who is the designer of uh, the most toys, and Nob the Hobbit or Daniel was one of his assistant designers. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, Daniel, could you introduce yourself real quick so everybody can hear yeah. your voice? Yeah, hi, I'm uh, Daniel Pareja, and I'm no, I have the name uh, Nob the Hobbit on the Trek CC boards. So, and Mark invited me one of invited me to be one of his ads. So here I am. Here I am, Mark, anxiously are you waiting and hoping that Mark wins. Mark, are you with us? I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, we can hear you. Just great. Uh, um, it's with me, so you may hear some childish voice. It's not. That would be okay. Just a little bit of color. <laughs> um, so Daniel, yeah. you you heard what. Uh, Jonathan and uh, Nathan said anything they said you didn't agree with or that jumped out as missing? Uh, well, I mean, for me, the experience is different, of course, because Mark Mark brought me in basically cold. You know, Nathan had had the experience of two of these thing, two of these competitions. Jonathan, well, he came in halfway through phase one, but he'd had all the phase, but he had that and all the phase two as well, and I was coming in completely fresh so I don't, I don't really know what I can say I can so all I can really say about phase one and two is is the phase of an so just an outside an outside perspective um, well tell tell us about you know how much of a learning curve was it for you jumping in without having any experience and 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 why why did you want to do that I mean that's not something that a lot of people would would covet what nice what it's not it was awesome come on um, no, seriously. It, seriously, it was it was great. Um, probably the biggest learning curve was just figuring out how to get Utopia Planitia to do what the heck I wanted, you know? It has its quirks. Um, it's really good, but it definitely has its quirks. So thanks to, uh, well, Mark, Nathan, Jonathan, and, of course, Chris, who came in, who did one or two things in there. So, uh, so, yeah, um, as for why I'd wanted to do it, it, just, it seemed cool, and Mark seemed to want me to do it, and I wanted to do it, and it just worked out. Outstanding. So, Mark. Yeah. Why equipment? Uh, well, I started out in the beginning, and I said, okay, what's missing in the virtual world? Because I have, I have a certain loving for virtual format. And I said, what's missing? There's no equipment. Well, very little equipment. So that'd be really cool if we got more equipment into the virtual environment because I'm trying to create a new player base up here and a lot of players don't have access to a lot of cards. So I like to say, you know, let's, let's play virtual format and, uh, and try and get that going. But I still find there's a few niches missing. So equipment was one, and I actually wanted to get a TNG star crew team into this expansion too, but the pieces just never fell into place there too. You know, kind of as a selling, selling feature for the game. Um, now, we posted, you, you know, you, 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 you worked for a week and then you posted a sort of blurb about your expansion and, and I don't have the exact results in front of me, but it was definitely ex- equipment, really? Ugh. <laughs> Did you ever think about changing your mind or were you just dead set on the stay in the course? You know, I think from what we had at that point already completed, I thought, you know what, there's still a good set here. It doesn't matter. I think we'll, we'll convince them otherwise. Maybe maybe they don't see the light just yet. And I think in the end, it, it turned around to be exactly what I wanted it to be. 
Do you have any head slap moments now after you've you know you well, put it up and you caught something five minutes later or, or anything like that or I mean, anything that you differently now the, uh, than you would have than, than you did. The, the Daniels peaking at the top of the peak, you know, that one kind of I kick myself about that one. It reminds me of the time I forgot to put plays on the core at a certain event. You know, just just little things like that. You just you hate to to see that happen. But you're you're pretty confident and happy with the results overall. I, I liked it. I think you know um, we kind of you, you gave us the extension till Sunday, but we still set the goal Friday. Like let's not let's not overthink this. We have a good 15 cards here. Let's let's kind of just wrap it up. Don't go too crazy on the proofreading. And I and I think I'm definitely guilty of it. Whether it's Saturday or Sunday, even I you know kind of printed myself the PDF and fine tooth combed every last word, whether it would make sense or something. Obviously, I still missed one. So one of the things that uh, your assistant designers for both teams were were required to do uh, was sort of keep tabs on you throughout the process and then report. And uh, we'll be posting those those feedbacks uh, here shortly for everybody to look at. And it did factor into the final result to an extent. So I want to give you the opportunity to sort of review your team. How, how did your team work together, and, and were you happy with the the results? I think it worked out perfectly, exactly as I planned. I kind of said, you know, these are three guys that I regularly converse with every day. We do a lot of Trek chat in the chat room, so it's easy to get a lot of ideas. There's no, there's no back and forth. I found when the team was, was going, there was a little bit of downtime. You know, you'd post a message and have to wait a couple hours before you'd get a reply. Whereas with these three guys, we were able to get instant replies all the time. Um, just, you know, basic Trek CC addicts. So what, what ended up happening is that right there was a, a nice benefit, but we had some experience we had uh, you know I like to consider Chewy knows his teams so when we looked at teams I was like you know for, give me teams I need more teams show me what teams you got and then uh, with Knobs inexperience which was definitely a benefit to us I think in that we got a different angle somebody who wasn't used to the way things had already been running and make it so so it, it kind of left a check and balance I like that factor and then in working with Triumph I thought it was just a no-brainer to me he really impressed me coming in late and everything and the work that he did when we were in teamwork was just it was a no-brainer Alan is that uh sorry Let's, was that you Alan that background noise uh, he's got himself muted, so it oh. could have just been a passing train or Canadian wind or something. Uh, so, um, obviously, it's not done yet, and I'm sure you're chomping on your fingernails to find out how it's going to end, but uh, either way, Mark, what would you have done? What would you do differently in Make It So 3 if, if you were in charge of that? Uh, well, I've already stated that. Uh, just hearing, hearing uh, Nathan's... Uh, idea for the top chef you know everyone uh, everyone all by themselves but individual teams for different challenges would be really cool feature that way um, I would definitely make sure my schedule was more open there was certain times where I was like oh god I'm not going to meet this deadline and uh, I mean that one rule of acquisition whatever that thing was like a, I had maybe a day to start to finish work on that and get it submitted. So, you know, if I was going to compete again, it's it's a lot more time-consuming than I actually thought it would be, even though I knew it would be very time-consuming. It was even more than that. <laughs> awesome. Well, any any final words on the process or your teamwork um, from either Daniel or Mark? Uh, I mean, 
It was. What can I say? It was interesting. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what Mark's getting at as far as a fresh perspective goes. Because I mean, except for not, except you know, not being able to see any of the discussions behind the scenes, I was following it pretty closely. So I'm not quite sure what he's getting at there. But well, okay, I can elaborate. Uh, basically, uh, an idea would come in, and uh, it would be totally out of left field. Something that wasn't you know, in anywhere of my line of thought. And that really let me think, oh, yeah, actually, that's a good point. Or you would, you would continually remind me of what the meta was, you know, like what's, uh, what teams don't need a benefit, you know, and I wasn't looking at that. I was like, whatever, I want, I want this in the set. And you'd say, well, no, that team is really good in play style, so don't forget that. You know, so it was kind of, it was outside of development. It was more of a player saying, hey, even, even though I know you don't get that as much play time as you'd like. <laughs> That is an understatement. <laughs> All right. Um, any other last thoughts or or words from from Team Morris? Uh, yeah. Well, what can I say? I hope we win. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go on the record as saying a personal thanks to everyone who has totally helped out in my team, especially, and even Chris with the helping you, Tony Planitian, and and even in the uh, in the team phase when he was mentoring us. Big help there, too. Well, I, I, actually, before I let you go, uh, I don't want to get... I want I want Daniel to have to answer the same question I stuck the other guys with. Uh, if you don't win, if, if Team Morris doesn't win, Daniel, why do you think that's going to be? Well, I have certain theories, but I think I'm going to basically agree with Jonathan on this one. Just Ben did a better set. That, that's all there is to it. It's, that's what it's going to come down to, is who made the better set. And if Ben made the better set, then, well, he wins, and deservedly so. All right. Well, gentlemen, thanks for joining. Stick around. Uh, I'm, obviously, we may bring you back in later, uh, Mark, if you yeah. do well. But uh, good luck. And, um, well, Ben's not here yet, so we're going to go ahead and bring in... Uh, some of our judges, uh, Mark and Daniel, I'm going to let you go here real quick because the call is kind of full. So uh, I know Chris is out there listening. If he can get himself free in a minute here, I'm going to bring yep, in Neil, and I'm going to bring in Matt Kirk, who Matt Kirk was a uh, guest judge on one of our earlier uh, competitions. Neil's been a regular judge throughout. Chris has been not only the mentor... Or Neil, you're going to need to turn off the Ustream or mute it because you're going to drive yourself crazy. Um, anyway, Chris was the mentor for uh, most of the teams throughout this, the process and uh, took the spot of the AI as the fourth judge for the final competition. Um, and Ben has been... No, I'm sorry. Neil has been the judge throughout. Uh, gentlemen, welcome to the show, and if you could introduce yourself real quick. Uh, yeah, I'm Chris. I'm Mailways Online. Um, I think most people know me by now, even if not by voice. Uh, yeah, so I was mentor throughout most of the competition. I got to watch, actually, my team, so to speak, won. So I got to watch both these guys developing all the way through, and then uh, got to become a head judge at the end and let them know what I thought about them. So that was sort of fun. Hi, I'm Neil. I'm the other judge that's been co-hosting with Charlie. Last year, we did the whole thing as a podcast with Charlie and I providing uh, uh, valuable insight on, on everything. And this year, due to time zones and judgment stuff and, and life in general, 
we we didn't do the podcast, uh, but we judged it instead. So yeah, it was a great time this year. I thought I thought the the competition was was markedly better than it was last year. It was fantastic. Hi, I'm, I'm Matt, and uh, I've been kind of uh, in and out this year. Uh, I got to judge for uh, challenge number six, and uh, I've been uh, kind of looking at this competition a little bit differently with uh, new uh, new eyes, as it were, from my uh, perspective as the creative manager. I keep looking to make sure that they get the guys are picking lore and titles and interesting stuff that uh, that I think would actually make it on the cards. And that's actually been a pretty big uh, <laughs> that's been a pretty big factor in my voting, my personal voting. So. Um, yeah, I was looking forward to uh, talking with uh, Ben and Mark about uh, stuff that they've, the choices that they made for their final sets. All right, so uh, I wanted to touch on what Neil said real quick. Um, obviously, we did not do the weekly podcast this year, which uh, the time zones was a factor. But the, the big reason we didn't is last year, neither Neil or I were judging, and getting on the weekly podcast and ranting about what we liked and didn't like seemed to make sense. Um, this year with both Neil and I being actual judges, I didn't feel like we'd have anything to talk about more than what we were already saying. And I didn't want to, you know, put the podcast out early and then people hear two judges opinions and be able to figure out who won weekly. And so, uh, I definitely missed doing the weekly podcast and I, if, if I were to do this, if we were to do this again, I think I would not judge just so I could do the podcast again. So, <laughs> um, so Neil, since you and I have been the only two people here who were judges the whole competition, can you tell us a little bit about what your criteria were for judging and if it's changed at all throughout the three phases? I, I think to begin with, uh, I, I was probably too picky. Um, uh, Especially when when we're talking about uh, the the beginning of a make it so competition, where where the the the, the more more so last year than this year, but the cards are generally not as good in the beginning of the competition and are better towards the end of the competition because because we're teaching them how to design cards, so the contestants are getting better at doing it. So and 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 this year I, I thought this year literally just picked up where last year left off. So last year was much more black and white. Like like the cards at the beginning were bad and the cards at the end were really good. This year the cards at the end were good and the cards at the or the cards at the beginning were good and the cards at the end are really good. So it feels like it's not the same linear scale. But I I, I think at the beginning I was probably too hard on the cards. I should have taken more of a an uh a uh. uh, uh, uh kind of moderation role thinking that this this is the beginning of the competition these cards aren't going to be as good as the later cards because these guys are figuring out how to do design and and be hard on the last cards because those should be really really good but other than that it was uh it, it was a, a very interesting experience <laughs> uh difficult I would tend to agree with Neil on the, the overall quality from start to finish. It felt like everybody kind of either remembered the lessons of last year or went back and studied them before uh, Make It So started up again. Um, 
there was definitely you can you could tell there was a lot more um, polish and uh, competition for people to to get into the, to, to the yeah and, and a lot earlier too which was yeah. which is really awesome because yeah. it shows that that I mean our 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 contestants they were really interested in in making great cards because they mm-hmm. want to have our game be better because that's what this whole thing is about is making the game better right. so. They all got the, really good at yeah. There was a there was a uh, there, there's kind of the reality of what the game can handle versus the types of cards that a lot of players you know the dream card kind of stuff and so seeing them right. split the difference and try to you know I really want to see this but on the other hand it would never actually make it into the game so let's make it a little but, more realistic I think I think they were a little more realistic this time around. I, I think so too. It was uh, make it so too seemed to be. Ten times better than make it so one, and for for a couple of reasons, and 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 I think the the change to the the eliminations was good. I I I don't know I don't know if we should maybe revisit that and see if if that was the best way, but it was definitely much better the second time around, because we got to see a lot of people's ideas, and then yeah, it's still a competition, so we have to trim some people down, but but everyone got to participate for a long time before we before we cut players. And that ends up making much it was better. U- yeah, it was useful. There was more continuity for the whole competition. All yeah. right, so let's... Uh, Matt, I'm interested in your thoughts on, on this. Um, strictly speaking, Make It So is a design competition. And uh, for the most part, creative elements aren't important for design, uh, especially very early. Um, it, we don't even bring in creative... Now that we have separate creative departments, we don't even bring in any thoughts about creative on the cards that we're working on until week eight of testing, uh, other than you know places where it's you know necessary. Um, how do you weigh the choices that these contestants have been made to put story on some of these cards? You know, how important is that to you as not not only the creative manager, but how important is it to the community, and how does it change? how the card is perceived by the public? Well, really, the for me, the selling point of a story on a card is, does it, A, tell the story from the episode, B, does it make sense in the game, and C, does it actually reflect what happened in the episode translated well into the our existing context of the game? If you can accomplish all three of those things and still have a card that is going to be useful and not totally uh, broken in the in the format i i don't i feel like that gives it a lot more weight and makes it feel a lot more real and uh that was i felt like the contestants definitely i mean they might not have had that mindset but what ended up being their final products i could see a little bit more of that kind of uh overall thinking of Okay, well, we've got this idea from you know this one episode. I think we could do it like this. Um, so there was there. It felt like there was a little bit more long term, overall uh, outside the box thinking to include the story, which I really appreciated. All right, uh, Chris, we'll start with you. Um, having only really judged this final competition, going off what Matt was just talking about, was there was there any card for you on either set? that was hurt by the inclusion of creative, creative elements. I, I know that there was at least one for me that I scored lower because of what the story they put on it. Was there anything yeah. like that for you? Um, yeah, I'm just trying to remember now. I know the Betazoid gift box, 
I did not like the... I, I liked the card. I did not like the story on that one. Um, I know it's an artifact in 1E, but in 2E I thought it should be a non-artifact event because it's not something you need to go dig up. Uh, it's not something that you're going to carry around with your away team. It's It should just be an event that plays on table. Um, and there was something on Ben's set too, and I can't think of what it is now. Um... Yeah, I can't. I can't think of it right now. I'm not on my computer to take a look. But the the gift box, I think, was was the main one that jumped out at me as having a story mismatch. Yeah, Bezard gift box was the one that really bugged me. Um, the thing that the the, de- the creative decision Ben made that I I didn't wasn't fond of was uh, picking two alternate universe twentieth century random humans. Yeah, for, yeah I, I didn't even know for game text altering <laughs> for like game altering game text. It, it just did not seem to work for me at all. Yeah, I had to go look those guys up. I didn't even know who they were. Yeah, I mean, as far as the game altering game text, I I felt they were sort of along the same lines as the uh, the Cretaceans mm-hmm. from a couple sets ago. That the sort of like I didn't know who they were either until they came out on the cards. I couldn't have told you what episode they were from, um, but they've got fairly significant game text. Uh, so I thought these two were the same, but I, again, I just sort of looked at them and thought, you know, for a boutique product, you've only got 15 cards to work with. Try to make some familiar faces there and not just a couple of random guys that I've never heard of. I will say, though, that I was... I, 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 the first time I saw the lockdown mechanic, I was, you know, just initially digging my heels in as, oh, this is really not helpful. But... The stories that he picked for the lockdown cards, I found pretty compelling as a, I don't know about an excuse for the story, but at least a justification of this is the kind of stuff that was going on, like the Secure Home World and Rurapente. And it, it felt like that was a good match for what he was trying to do with the mechanic. So, Chris, um, changing changing point of view real quick, mm-hmm. how, how did you go into judging these final cards having mentored these the the two contestants for most of the competition um i don't i don't know if that really if the mentoring really affected the judging or not um like i i've been sort of judging all the way along um <clears throat> not officially obviously but you know i'd look at them and sort of review the cards uh, a couple times i think i wrote out my reviews for the team um I like after the fact, just uh, for the first couple, I think the first couple of weeks, I sort of wrote out after the fact, you know, here's what I might have done differently. Here's some pointers for you to think about for next time. Um, so, I mean, I, I'd already been sort of judging them all the way along. Um, so I don't think it really changed, changed too much. All right. Um, Neil, how about you? Was there anything that uh, you found creatively off-putting? Um, the, it, it was difficult looking at, it, it, it was hard looking at the sets, thinking, thinking about the cards in the context of my own personal, uh, 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 costume chart that I've kind of constructed in my head. And then looking at what what other people perceive as as their own costume charts, and when those don't line up, 
then I, 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 I immediately think I'm correct and they're wrong, which is probably not a good premise to start with, uh, and, and then make a further jump to, to if I'm right and they're wrong, then, then, then their card is broken or, or, is, or, or does nothing, depending on which direction uh, it goes up and down on the costume chart. And, and that's I, – I think I, I, need, I, I, I need to be careful with my premises because – because that may or may not be, uh, I could be wrong, and 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 if I'm wrong, then then if their costing is is right, then then the cards are are, are fine. Uh, I saw a couple of cards uh, in the set here that that I thought were were way off base, and it's it's hard it's it's hard to look at a lot of the cards. When 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 you don't think that the the designer got the costing doesn't understand how to cost cards, then you then you kind of have to take a step back and go, okay, does he know how to cost cards and just mess this one up, or does he not know how to cost cards and he just got lucky with the ones that that he did well, and and that's that ends up being like like the the haunting question uh, all the way down the line with all thirty of these cards and. I'm trying to think of in, uh, of individual cards that bug me, and I and I can't. Well, off my head. well, we've got your feedback, and and we'll be posting all the feedback for right. everybody to review. Um, I have a couple questions from the chat room. I want to hit up on all the judges here. So, uh, the first question uh, is, what was your favorite card of the entirety of Make It So? Uh, we'll start with Neil. I I really liked Crucible because I read a book. I mean, I know Ben Haas won't shut up about how people won't don't read books, but 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 I, I get it. If you're not very paranoid, you don't find very many witches. But if you're really super paranoid, you find witches all over the place. But if you find witches all over the place, that's a really bad thing. And that that story is just. I, I mean, I know it's not really a Trek story. So I mean, it could, it could go. I mean, I, I mean, there, there's a couple of Trek stories that fit that really well, and. Mostly because that's where they got it. I mean, I mean, that's the, 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 the crucible is a, is, a, is a powerful piece of literature that, that we as humans should consume, and they took that story and translated it into Trek, and we can find those stories. But, but that's I, 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 like, I like the story on that card a lot. How about you, Matt? What was your favorite card across the entirety of Make It So? Um, well, going back to the the challenge that I judged, um, there was one. Uh, it was the it was the spackle challenge where you know the we wanted to keep the stories but the but the text was all wrong so you had to go back and fit text into given spaces and uh, the one I really liked was um, predestination paradox I I I was really impressed with, with the fact that they were able to uh, to fit that in there and it would be actually useful in the game so yeah I I, I like that one. Chris, anything that sticks out in your mind as uh, being amazing? Um, I'm just trying to remember. I don't think I gave her any tens uh, anywhere across the board, but I really liked uh, Smuggler's Stash. I thought that was a really cool way. I mean, with the whole set, the obvious issue to get around is uh, equipment malfunction. So Smuggler's Stash, I thought, was a really creative way to get around that without 
totally saying I'm immune to equipment malfunction. Um, and I also, I think I made a, a comment in, in my judge review of that one as well, that I really hope it's a picture with like a close-up on Harry Mudd's mustache, just for the double entendre in the title, because that would just be too perfect. So, uh, And I'll leave that, that, that's more of a Matt thing. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> But yeah, so I think that that was probably one of my favorites there. Well, personally, my favorite card and, and the the card that I'm like I really want to just steal this and use it uh was the Toral that Triumph did in Challenge 10 that that won the challenge. I just thought it was brilliant. I thought it was just a just a wonderful card. Yeah, that but that that that's because that wasn't within the parameters of your question to us. But yes, I really enjoyed the Toral as well. Uh, I said across all of Make It So. Oh, sorry, I thought you were asking about the final. Well, that's my, my favorite card in the uh, final. Okay. Uh, I think is the the Bajoran Resistance guy that Mark did because it's just like pure simplicity and and perfection of design. I mean, it's something that they need. It doesn't quite fit the theme exactly, but it's it's just a a great piece of grease game text for a, a deck that isn't making the splash that design was hoping it was going to make. So, I mean, I think that if I was, my, 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 that's one of my favorite cards just because of this, the, it, it, it's the textbook definition of elegant, simplistic design. And that's good. It's a real good thing. So... I'm not sure about the storyline, because I looked the guy up, I didn't know who he was, and he only appears on a view screen, and I hate view screen personnel, but sometimes you have to do it. So, um, Anyway, I think there's a couple more questions in here. I don't understand that question, so I'm not going to ask it. Um, did, you un did anyone identify any cards from the final sets as broken? We'll start with Chris. Um... There was, I, I, I wish I had my notes in front of me, because there was one that I don't think it was broken, but it was extremely, I, I would have considered it very borderline, uh, and I can't think of what it was now, so I'm going to pass and see if I think about it while someone else is talking. Neil, do you have anything that uh, yes. stuck out as broken for you? Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, uh, harmless, harmless Toy is all sorts of broken. Um, it's not a harmless toy. I will harm you a lot with it. Uh, th think, think of a think of a dilemma pile that's nothing but uh, harmless toy, uh, poly water, and gumshoe shockwave, and maybe something like like what is it, rogue born ambush or uh, no no I'm sorry not rogue uh, uh, the 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 two dam the two space damage dilemmas that don't stop you. They just they just go in your ship. So we have a three-cost dilemma that stops five personnel. Now, it's cost three, so it, it might cost zero. I, I don't know. Uh, data keep dealing. And, and so this three-cost dilemma is, is the perfect filter. I can filter an exact number of personnel out well, and then hit you with two damage markers and blow up your ship. Neil, can I play devil's advocate here for a second? Wouldn't this sure. encourage people to play uh, self-stealing stem bolts so they can go steal a five-cost equipment? What? No, no. I, I give you the equipment. 
No, you give it from in play, Neil. You don't give it from your hand. That's what I'm saying. You, so you steal the five cost equipment and then you go into the mission attempt. And they, the most they could stop with that would be two, unless they had two gambling devices. Okay. So, so I have to play more than a five cost equipment. No, no problem. No problem. There's lots of there's lots of stuff that costs one. My point is is that it's a it's a cost three dilemma that that stops exactly five people. It's not it's not like like personal duty and issue of trust. They're variable. They can stop five people, but some sometimes they stop no people. <laughs> but the, it stops exactly five or four or three or two or what or the number of people that you need to stop so that my polywater stops one more and now I blow your ship up. And which which is nice because now I don't have to equipment malfunction the equipment back to my hand. It's in my discard pile where I can just fish it back out or just play another one or whatnot. So you encounter this dilemma at this space mission and you get one dilemma and lose a ship. Like like you'll never do a space mission. Well, I, I don't I don't know that it's it's that extreme. I don't know that it's that bad. I, I think that the problem my, my problem with Harmless Toy is that it's impossible to cost correctly as written because the, the, the effects are too variable. They're, they're, they go from one to five. And then, and it also means, you know, if we ever make a six or seven cost equipment, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, they, yeah. Then it, it gets even worse. So it, I mean, it, it's, it's too variable to properly, like, I don't think it's right at three because it's, I mean, even if I throw you an ETU, that's, that's two stops for three, which is above the, still, the standard, still a good deal. you know, yeah. Uh, but so. my, my point is, is that it's 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 not because, because I mean there's other dilemmas that that of course two cost dilemmas that stop everyone, but in this case it's it's not a, an all stop card it's a filter card which makes it which means that I can use it to set up other combos, but it's it's a very exact uh, filter card so so I I mean I can it's it's, it's I see that dilemma as as making it so that that you'll never do a space mission like ever, because or or, or you will after four ships or something. All right. Well, I don't want to yeah, that, pick on pick that, on this card too that, much. That, uh, okay, I thought of my issue. All right, uh, Admiral Layton. I really like the story behind him and the general idea, but I think it's the last line on him that says every time you play an Earth personnel, you draw one. I agree a hundred percent. The cadets do not need that kind of card drawing. I can play a whole bunch of cards, zero one one guys, and get a free card draw for each one. That's a little much, especially for a cadet deck that really does not need the help. Well, it it also completely takes away the the cost of the lockdown. Exactly. Like if I'm getting all these free draws, that's counters I'm not spending. So who cares if I don't spend one less counter? Yeah, I only get six counters a turn. Plus four card draws is sort of ten counters. So yeah. Yeah, but there's not that many of those guys though. Well, well it doesn't yeah. matter. That, that line has no business being on that personnel. Yeah. If that, if that line was off there, I think Leighton would have been a ten. With that line yeah. on there, I he's, agree. He's he's just just, just when, ridiculous. When I first when I first read it, I thought it was like <clears throat> you got an extra card draw. Like, like, like once per turn, you get to draw an extra card. But, but I mean, yeah, there, there's there's not a lot of good Earth personnel. But yeah, it's it's it's, it's not good. Um, anyway, I, we have another judge that I apologized for missing. Uh, Richard New, the Guardian, is here. Hello. He's judged the whole competition. Uh, Richard, introduce yourself to everybody. 
Hi, I'm Richard New. I'm, like Charlie said, the Guardian, and, uh, yeah. Um, so we've had this whole discussion without including you. Anything we talked about you'd like to comment on? Uh, listening to it, I, I, I agree with most of the points there. I liked what everybody was saying. Neil's absolutely right about the... Um, uh, the story on uh, Crucible being fantastic. He definitely, it just, it's fantastic on that one. Um, there, I had my own answers for a, a couple of the questions. For instance, what you guys were just talking about. I don't like spatial charge. I think three cost event, or excuse me, three cost equipment that gets you five extra dilemmas and five extra counters seems a little over the cost curve. You know, that type of stuff bothered me. Yeah, uh, I absolutely agree. Um, did you have a, a card that was your favorite, either of the final or the, the whole competition? Um, I think, and you're going to post the results, so this is a little bit of a spoiler, but uh, I think the only one that actually ended up getting a 10 for me, and this is sort of strange, is Rocks and Replicators. I just, it, it seemed like a, little, a perfect marriage of exactly what was needed in the set. Um, I mean, without any other equipment stuff, it's really not needed in the game, but with that said, it is. Uh, it, it works with the concept, it works well with the title, it even has the replicate on there. I just thought everything about it just seemed like it worked. I generally like the cards that were spins off of old stuff, so it, you mentioned that too, Charlie, and I thought the stuff that was good uh, twists on uh, something new, but uh, or some, maybe even something that we ha we've seen before, but in a new way is always nice to see, and it's, it's design simplicity, and that's always a good thing to see. I was really torn on Rocks to Replicators because I, I love the title and the fact that it's a Replicate card, but I fear recurring equipment. Um, not not necessarily right now, but in the future. Um, so I was really torn on that card, but I agree. The, the, it, it the is, story choice was really it is, good. It is costed appropriately, though. I mean, it's cheap if you do it once, but like the Replicate abilities makes it pricey. So, it's pretty, it's, I mean, it's not bad. Yeah. I mean, lol at replicate on a replicator card. Yeah. Well, the deck that would use that the most would be the Ferengi equipment deck that can manufacture 20-plus counters a turn. So, spending three instead of one is not going to be a huge big deal for them. Well, but then it ends up balancing out, though. I mean, if you're selling an equipment to get four counters, but then you spend three of those counters to get an equipment back, I mean, yeah. Sure, sure, but they're you know they're it, it's a it's a it's a really interesting card. Obviously, yeah, it's yeah. Pro, it's provoked discussion, so that's that's real yeah. good. So lol, um, replicate on a replicate card. Yeah, it's awesome. So, anything else the judges have in mind they'd like to talk about? Any any trends that you noticed? I mean, I I had a broken card that I didn't get to talk about. Oh, okay, then shoot. <laughs> um, oh, wait a second, what's going on? Oh, sorry, my uh, news stream is sending me a commercial. Um, anyway, sorry, so I turned it off. The uh, the card that I saw um, was a uh, secure home world. The the lockdown mechanic in the first place, I I had just philosophical problems with, but not being able to move to a mission, even if it's somebody's headquarters mission, is kind of rough. I mean, assassins already have it pretty rough and then not you know totally killing the mechanic of assassins with with one card i i feel like that that was kind of overstepping bounds a little bit i i, I don't want to i don't want to jump in and 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 say that this team over that team but 
if you've been on the receiving end of the harvest drone uh, assimilate resistance mess, you then 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 you'd love this card. That's really really bad when you're trying to hide at your headquarters, and all of a sudden the board come over and take five of your people, and you're like, but 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 I'm at home, I'm supposed to be safe at home. Um, it's that's that 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 card. I mean, the, the interrupt, the Borg interrupt from peak performance is probably the, that that card should probably be fixed, as opposed to putting a card in the game that blocks access to homeworld. But that's a that's a really really bad thing to do. That that probably shouldn't work. At well, there I, I talk about this in my reviews, and, and we should go ahead and post them now. Although I'm not going to. Uh, um. There's very few things that should ever be absolutely forbidden, and at least two of the lockdown cards were saying, no, you can't ever do this. Now, I understand that they're events, and you can destroy the event and thereby get around that, but anytime you make a card that says, no, what you're trying to do is impossible, you are creating a potentially very frustrating experience for a player who's trying to do that thing. Yeah, at an impasse. <clears throat> at an impasse was 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 a very classic example. Uh, it's still pretty. I mean, it's still. I consider it one of the worst cards in all of the game, even though it's been fixed now. Um, but I, I guess my problem with Secure Homeworld is I understand that the Borg lockdown deck is really really irritating. Is it how many in how many games in, a, in even an eight round tournament at Worlds? How many games are you going to want to actually play that card? Uh, two. Two. Yeah, That's yeah, complex. Okay. That's where my review. Well, I mean, well, go ahead, Richard. Go ahead. Okay. okay. Uh, was the lockdown? I liked the. I sort of liked the concept because really none of the lockdown cards really worked that well together, or they really didn't uh, apply to the same strategy. So, were you ever really playing more than one? And my argument would be no. Some most of the time you wouldn't even play that one, even though it was in your deck. It would just be it's a referee card at that point, which, you know, sometimes you need, sometimes you don't. So it's an interesting concept, but I, I just don't think that it... Uh, I think there was other ways around the situation, and you know, just shutting down the interaction between the decks altogether is not the correct way to go about it. It should be... You should be right. But, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate, but I've also been on the receiving end of that uh, proverbial shotgun before. And, yeah. and it's... It, there's a lot of things you can do with an event, even if you don't play it. I mean, sometimes you can discard it to shran. Sometimes you can discard it to download something. Something, and now in the future, if you download an event or interrupt, maybe you need to discard a card. I mean, it's it, having a card in your hand that is a that is a dead card isn't necessarily always a bad thing. Uh, it, at, at worlds of all the places where you where you're going to run into the the uh, the assimilation Borg deck, it's that that's really really frustrating and and a really not negative player experience when when some guy runs over to your headquarters not not your planet mission and we're not saying i mean the card doesn't say at, at, at all your mission they can't move to your missions they just have to wait till you leave your home before they come over and just I, but i think see it, it unnecessarily punishes other affiliations if you wanted to specifically go after the board assimilator then you say opponents board ships may not move to this I don't know. Assassins, assassins are pretty bad too. I mean, I'm, I'm at home. I'm trying to not get killed, and and well, that's the point. You're supposed to play a ship and get your people aboard your ship to protect them from the assassins. And if they want to come chase you on their ship, you pack dimensional shifting or something like that. But I mean, there's a, there's a cost for everything. 
I, I don't. We could obviously debate this and a number of other cards for hours. I mean, we could we could probably get all the judges on a podcast and talk for four hours, and maybe we'll do that next week. Is just for just for fun and, and just just talk about these cards back and forth. There was but, one uh, thing that Richard said that really resonated with me, and I think he identified why I didn't like lockdown because it felt like two e ref cards, and I I really agree with that. Yeah, I. I yeah. Anyway, uh, final thoughts from the judges, real quick, Chris. Um, I don't know. I really liked a lot of things about both sets, actually. Um, so I'd be looking forward to seeing who wins the whole thing. Um, I think overall, um, if I had to sum up my thoughts in a couple words, I think Ben probably had more stronger cards. Uh, but Mark had a much stronger theme. Um, they were both pretty close on both counts. Uh, I don't think there was a clear winner either way on that, but I think overall um, Ben probably averaged a bit better on the cards, and Mark probably averaged a bit better on the theme, and who knows how it's all going to play out in the end, except maybe you. <laughs> Correct. I do, I do know, in fact, how it will play out in the end. But uh, Matt, final thoughts? I just want to say congrats to both Ben and Mark for uh, really putting out polished sets. You guys should be proud of what you've done, and uh, best luck to both of you. Neil, final thoughts from you. For the for the last couple of months, you and I have been judging this competition, and it's exciting to see it finally come to an end. And 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 in a few minutes here, we get to we get to figure out who wins. Uh, thank you for all your patience with with me, and 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 for taking the time to to judge this. It was a whole bunch of fun, and. And I've enjoyed working with and with, with all the contestants, and and it's re- it's just really exciting to see that that th- these people that let, love our game so much want to make it a better game by participating and, and eventually designing cards for it. So uh, I'm excited because uh, whatever happens, we all get to play more Star Trek. So yeah. And Richard, final thoughts from you. Oh, great! They stole all my ideas. Uh, but no, uh, uh, the. All the all the contestants, great job. Not just our final two, but everybody along the way did a great job uh, trying to make the best cards that they could, and that's exactly what makes our community the strong community that it really is. So uh, this is a competition we got to keep doing because this is uh, just to show what kind of uh, community we truly have. All right, gentlemen, thank you. I will be letting the judges go from Skype for now, but please hang around because we may bring you back on. Uh, we are going to take a quick break three or four minutes to let alan and myself get away from the computer um and we'll be back with ben's team followed by the live results coming up shortly on the trek cc ustream broadcast uh we will return in just a few minutes thank you
All right, we are live on TrekCC's Ustream channel, also chatting live in the TrekCC chat room, trekcc.org. Click us chat room link on the front page. Um, we are talking about Make It So, Make It So 2011. Those of you who are on the Skype call with me, Team Hoffs, please mute your Ustream channel, otherwise you will hear annoying feedback and a long delay, and it will be really annoying. Um, we talked to Mark and his team, we talked to the judges, and we're going to briefly talk to Ben Hosp and his team, and then we have some results. So, without further ado, let me announce Mr. Ben Hosp and Phil Schrader. Hello. Introduce yourself, guys, so people can hear what you sound like. Greetings from the land of Fort's vaginal probing. Yeah, that's <laughs> not particularly appropriate there, <laughs> although true. Hello, am I uh, coming through? I, it, it's, not, it's, it's not appropriate either. Yes, uh, that was Ben Hosp, and yes, Phil, you're coming through to do okay. yourself for me. Oh, I'm uh, Phil Schrader, just work in the same area as Ben and play tournaments together. Cool. Uh, so, we have... Ben, tell us a little bit about your theme and why you chose it. Okay, um... We hit on the theme of sort of uh, the the home front just because we wanted a way to do war without actually doing battles because I felt like everyone kind of expected me to, to just do a lot of battle cards. And so I wanted to do that theme without actually like just, just doing, doing that. All right. Now, when you first pitched it, I know there was some... some criticism that it seemed bleak um was that yeah. something you you ever considered did you make any changes based on that feedback or was it always you know this is what um, it's going to be it, i it, it it sounded bleaker than 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 i think it ever was going to be i don't think that um we we didn't really change anything and i don't think it, it turned out to be bleak. It, maybe you think it did but i don't yeah. That's fine. Uh, I, I think we have Ian here with us, who is peers. Ian, are you with us? I believe so. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we can. Um, you might want to mute your Ustream in the background if you've got it up, because Already there'll did. be some feedback. So, so Ben, tell tell everybody, tell us why you chose... Um, you had a third team member who's not able to be with us in the in the Skype call, which is uh, Josh Sheets, Prowler yeah. Durden. Um, why did you pick the team that you did? Uh, well, I... I uh, picked Phil because I'd kind of been bouncing ideas off him for a while. Um, I picked uh, Josh because we we worked pretty well together during the uh, when we did the non-aligned team last year, and I I picked Ian because um, I was frankly, the only one I, left. I felt like I worked best with him. Uh, he was the one that I worked best with on uh, uh, Team Delta. I I thought. So um, we'll start with you, Ian, and then move over to Phil. Um, what was it like working for Team Hosp? Uh, pretty much the same as every other challenge. A bunch of people, all same goal, and decent conversation. No fighting. Everyone worked well together. How did you guys break down the workload? Um... Well, it was wasn't really broken down so much as just kind of everyone went for certain things and it just kind of evolved naturally. 
Yeah, my, my philosophy was to let a thousand flowers bloom. Very poetic. Yes. Uh, Phil, how was it from your point of view, uh, working on Team Hosp and, and the, the workflow? It was a lot of fun, actually. Um, I'd never even gotten seriously into any kind of card design ideas except tossing random ideas around when we're going to and from tournaments. But uh, I found it exact a lot of fun, and the division of work was pretty conducive to uh, free thought. So anybody could post anything on the forums. Hell, I started a few threads because we had them broken down mainly into uh, themes that we were talking about. Uh, for instance, like the lock, there was a lockdown thread. There was a thread that had to do with, uh, you know, two planet missions, uh, two planet mission decks, that kind of stuff. And anybody could really do anything. It was a lot of fun from my perspective. I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Uh, uh, you, interestingly, both both teams, both team leaders picked picked somebody who had not been involved in Make It So to join their team. You, you were that individual for Ben. What? What made it interesting to you as someone who hadn't been involved in the competition? Why did you want to jump into that role without the benefit of that training, so to speak? Uh, well, I've been paying attention to the Make It So tournament since the beginning and, you know, pretty decent friends with Ben uh, when he's not acting like a jerk. Um, but uh, it, it was just, I thought it was challenging. And, you know, we'd been talking about ideas for cards that were needed for different affiliations all the time when we drive to tournaments because it's a two-hour drive and we have to entertain ourselves somehow. Um, so, you know, it kind of naturally fit in. I naturally fit into that role. Awesome. So uh, now that you've, you know, you submitted your set a couple weeks ago and all the voting is done and everything's finished, um, what are you kind of looking at and wishing you had done differently? Uh, well, one thing... Um uh, it, uh, was that directed at anyone in particular? Uh, I'd like to hear all your thoughts, okay. but Ben, obviously, start us off. Sure. One, one thing that that I um, realized uh, uh, like a week too late, a week after the deadline, was that um, we we maybe should have done a, a, a mission that was like historical research for the lockdown cards, so that like if you feel like you're going to need one, you can get it and not uh, because you. You probably only want to have like one copy of it in your deck just in case you need it. Uh, so I feel like it, uh, like that might have been a good idea. But uh, um, and t judging by the overall reaction to them, uh, you know, maybe maybe uh, they they weren't the best uh, choice. But I I I did want the set to to um, the. The, the goal of the set was to address things that were too easy and make them harder. And I felt like that was a, a good way to do that. And, um, you know, the, if, if, uh, it's, it's, it, it's clear that a lot of people disagree with that, and that's okay. Well, I mean, you, know, you, you have to learn it as a designer. Everybody who's going to do Make It So 2000, everybody from Make It So 1, Make It So 2, and any future Make It So's, you have to learn the first thing is uh, you, you got to learn a thick skin because you cannot make a card that everybody will like. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and I've said this before. Uh, one of the most valuable lessons I learned from Brad is probably that at most 5% of the cards that I write will ever see print. And that's still true now that I'm doing lead design. 
it's probably more than it was, but uh, you, you make so many cards, and and only a fraction of them ever even make it to testers. And then out of that, yeah, there were some so. terrible ideas in our in our board, <laughs> and and a lot of the, and, 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 and a lot of the terribleness did come directly from me. So, yeah, so absolutely. Um, those of you listening in the chat room, if you have questions for Team Hosp, please post them in the chat room. Um, Phil and and Ian, how, how much, you know, did, did you did you feel like you really got to contribute here? How much of this set is is got your fingerprints on it? As as we say in the design speak, obviously it's all a team effort, and and I'm sure everybody worked on every card, but. Is there one in particular that you're proud of, or is there something that you're proud of that didn't make it that you successfully argued against? I, I think my favorite card is one that I tossed out in the very beginning when we kind of identified the, the two-planet mission uh, deck as a little bit too easy, because everyone in our meta and, and most metas I've ever played in, uh, if they're doing three missions, they do space, planet, planet. And we wanted to try and make that a little bit harder. And one of the ones that I came out with first was what became an unpleasant prospect. And I'm actually really proud of what that card became. Um, and I would love to see that card in, in play if it ever made it live. How about you, Ian? Um, not really, no. <laughs> oh, come on. You, you worked on you worked on this set with everybody else. What, what, what was yeah, the most... Yeah, I, I did, but... Uh... Uh, unfortunately, I had some things I had to take care of for the last few days of the competition, and I wasn't able to contribute as much in, in the final days as I was as I would have liked. Am, am, so am I, I confused, or was was Secure Homeworld not your idea? Or was that Josh? You, you mean the card people were talking about being completely broken and bad card? No, that wasn't mine at all. Not at okay, all. Okay, because they're they're one hundred percent wrong about that. You're supposed to be safe at your headquarters, but okay. Well, that's a larger discussion issue. Yes, clearly, yes. But, uh, yeah. but I don't have a problem with the concept, really, of of secure homeworld. I, no, I don't. No, like... and and I, I I I should say I get your point about how things shouldn't be just you can't do this. Well, I, my my bigger problem with it, okay, is that is the percentage of games you're going to want it. Uh, sure. Sure. And, 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 and I didn't really want to get into this, but but it, but you know, it's not a bad card at all, and it's a card that I could see being in the game. But I, I'm afraid it's going to join that section of the cards that never leave the binder until you get that one guy who shows up at your local tournament week after week after week after week with the same deck. So you finally go out in your binder and dig out the three cards that are going to stop his shenanigans cold and play them, and then you never play sure. them again. Yeah. Yeah. That was my fear with that card, and in a 15 yeah. card set. That sticks out more than it would in '54. Sure, sure. Um, I, 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 maybe that, maybe that card seemed like a better idea to me than it does to you because I do a lot of the shenanigans that that would stop. Fair enough. But so uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of parking uh, uh, patrolling defiant with with uh, maybe with Constable Odo on it at your at your headquarters and uh, letting you deal with that. Yeah. So. Faithful reader Ben wants to know if you hate him. No, no, I, 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 I don't, I, I, I don't hate anyone. Um, his other question is: uh, Did you have to convince people to back up, to back your? Did you have to convince your team to back lockdown, or was it an easy sell? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I, I feel like lockdown. Was- 
You're not coming through, Ben. Oh, uh, am I wrong? Or am I remembering things differently, or do do I was I feel like lockdown was a pretty easy sell. It was pretty easy, I think. Yeah. Um, Personally, I think I like it better when we called it paranoia. Yeah, it used to be called paranoia, but then some of the then a lot of the cards ended up not being really paranoia type cards. Cool. So, 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 uh, you guys can listen to the whole stream later. But uh, one of the questions I asked of all the assistant designers on Mark's team is is the following. Uh, obviously, Ian and and Phil, you guys are going to be rooting for Team Hosp. Um, if Ben doesn't win at the end of the day, why do you think that's going to be the case? And uh, we'll start with you, Ian. I would say. It would be because people put more stock in having the whole thing be a boutique set and thinking with all 15 cards should be related. Uh, we went with more than one mini theme in the set, whereas the other team went all equipment. And I think that could wind up playing a big part in it. How about you, Phil? What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, that's one aspect I would definitely, uh, tend to look at, but, uh, I think the other thing is probably just people not, not liking or not having a good feel for the lockdown idea. Um, it, it makes a lot of sense from a lot of us who look at this, who try to dice, you know, dissect this game and figure out specific things and the idea of making them cost more over the game, but maybe it's not quite the, uh, the most, uh, I'm not going to get the, quite the approval of some other cards out in the open. Um, and sort of the follow-up question I have, uh, what what did Mark do in his set that you guys really liked? We'll go. We'll start with Phil and go back through the, the list. Um, the one, uh, there were two cards in his set that I, I kind of keyed in on as liking quite a bit, and that's Repurpose Tool. I just think that was a pretty nice, nicely de designed interrupt and shoe lock, because I love playing that DS9 Earth deck. Another race is always nice. And I on top of that, that, he does like that a lot. <laughs> and uh, I also, you know, it, that card would give us another op reason to start playing with Confessions again, maybe. Um, and I think it's just such the shoe lock card really keyed into me as just a really elegantly designed, story-driven card. Ian, how about you? What did you like out of uh, the most toys? Hmm. Well, well, I think what really stood out to me was that uh, they did a very good job keeping on their theme. There was nothing that was really too far over the top. Um, I actually liked uh, the dilemma that everyone was talking about, Harmless Toy. Uh, I think it's getting more hate than it deserves. I, I think it's uh, pretty well designed. I, I just to, to speak on that real quickly. I actually really like the card. I just think it's impossible to cost correctly. That's that's my issue. Yeah, the, the only thing I can think of is maybe if the cost was related to the cost of the equipment. But other other than that, I, I think it's a very nice uh, dilemma. Um, and Ben, uh, any final thoughts on? Make it so. How, how did the process work for you? Anything that you would change for season three? If we uh, have, I, I feel like um, I feel like if, if anything should change, it definitely has been going in the right direction. 
from it's it's on it's on the right I it's it's it it's definitely on the right trajectory from season one to season two. So if that makes sense, like all, all everything that changed from last year, it was was, was improvement. So I feel like like you're on the right track certainly, and and um, I obviously made it a lot further this this year than I did last year. So I'm I'm, I'm happy about that. You should keep the part where I succeed. I like that. <laughs> well, 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 speaking of, I want to talk about that real interestingly. Uh, why do you think you did better this year than last year? Any, anything in particular or just a year's um, worth of experience? It, I, I, probably experience and probably uh, because um, I feel like my method, uh, like, 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 uh, like I said, I come up with some really terrible ideas. And uh, with with uh, with the the someone getting eliminated every every year or every week or every cha- every that does not play into that, that 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 is not something that plays to my strengths it 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 i i'm i because it's very easy for me to have a really bad week um but i feel like it uh yeah yeah so so i i I feel like it being like 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 being able to 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 fail one week and then come back from it was a lot that was was uh, definitely worked to my advantage. Absolutely, absolutely. So, a- any final thoughts from anyone on Team Haas before we move on? Uh, yeah. So uh, all the all the uh, Second Planet mission hate stuff uh, is is uh, uh, motivated by me getting tired of seeing one space mission and three planet missions and one of them is historical research. Stop doing that. <laughs> I don't like it. Stop doing it. Well, clearly Ben has spoken, and we should all do as Lord Hops commands. Oh, I, oh, oh I'm an old man, and you should all get off my lawn. I did, I, I'll absolutely admit that. All right. Uh, anything from Ian or Phil? Any last words? Uh, none really here. Just uh, had a great time, and I enjoy being on this podcast or live stream. Uh, pretty much says it the same thing for me, too. All right, gents. Um, ben, if you could uh, hit your mute button and hang out. Ian yep. and uh, Phil, I'm going to let you go real quick because I have somebody else to bring in. Um, hang on, because I'm doing this wrong. Sorry, I'm trying to do this live. Oh. Uh, Mark, are you back with us? Yep. So we have Mark and Ben in the chat room. Yeah, let me stop my Ustream. Yes, you might want to stop your Ustream. Sorry. Um, we're we're heading up towards the drum rolls here. We're we're just a few minutes away from the final result. I just wanted to have uh, a last couple words with Mark and Ben here. Um, first of all, on behalf of myself, all of the judges of Make It So. And all the design team, congratulations to both of you for making it to the finals. Um, start, we'll start with you, Mark. What What is the biggest lesson that you're going to take away from Make It So 2011? Win or lose? That's a uh, tough question. I've got a lot of background noise. Biggest lesson is that it's not as easy a task as I make it out when I make fun of you. Oh, that is, that's funny. Uh, 
Any, anything else, or do you want to stick with that? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'll have to think about it. Uh, how about you, Ben? What what what's your biggest takeaway from this season as you uh, face your judgment? My my biggest takeaway is that a lot of people disagree with me a lot, and I I <laughs> I guess I kind of knew that, but like like some of the some of the assessments about the the uh, state of the game that were made internally on on uh, on our on a by our team. To, uh, it, 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 it's a little bit surprising to see how much pushback there was on some of that. Um, but, I mean, I, I, as you said, I've got to have a, a thick skin about it, and I do. I'm just a little bit su- surprised. So I guess, I, I, I guess what, I, what, I, what I took away is that, is, is that, that, that people's mileage may vary. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, I, I wanted to tell you guys, I, I'm just insanely proud of the both of you. Uh, I mean, Mark, you, you didn't participate last year and uh, are standing here in the final. And Ben, you were, you know, you only made it a couple challenges last year, but kept fighting and fought your way back. And then because of a failure, right? <laughs> yeah, both bo- both of you are, both of you have exceeded my expectations uh, by a significant margin, and uh, I, I'm very personally proud of both of you. And I, Ben, I've known you a long time, and. You and I have not always seen eye to eye, but um, no. you have done a, an amazing job of, of trying to learn the lessons that, that I and others have been trying to teach you. And disagreement isn't inherently bad. You know right. that there are. It's a good thing that there are people on the design team now that don't agree with me and each other. And 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 um, I don't consider it a problem that that you disagree with any, with anybody because that's not a bad thing. And, and yeah, Mark, I, just, I, both ahead. of us are wrong a lot. Yes, we're both we're both wrong a lot. Right, uh, Mark. You know, I've known you less time, but you've obviously paid attention to the lessons that you know you've you've been taught, and you've done a phenomenal job. So, uh, the nature of this competition is that one of you is going to be uh, very disappointed in a few minutes, <laughs> and the other one is going to be very happy. And uh, I want you to know that no matter which one of you has won and which one of you has lost. Um, you're both an asset to this organization and this community, and one of you will get an automatic spot, but I would not be surprised to see the other one of you working on a set in the future. Um, you know, someone, someone was mentioned earlier in the show, but uh, Make It So has demonstrated one thing, and that is that we have no lack of talent for the future, and that is awesome. And uh, we'll be we'll get to you who won in just a moment. I just have a few pieces of business. Um, no, there's no million dollar cash prize. Uh, I lost my message that I needed. Sorry, I'm going to vamp for a minute while I look for this message that I got because I totally needed to get a list of names, and I think I lost it. I was going to do 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 something where where. I- going to jump in and go, no, you're an asset, but but I feel like the moment's passed, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do it now to help you bam. <laughs> Actually, I have a question uh, okay. from Nator earlier that I wanted to address to both of you. Um, one, of the, one of the global issues of the community is the printability of second edition cards. How many should be printable? How often should we increase that rate? And so forth. And I know that there's a very strong print-everything contingent and an equally strong print 
nothing more contingent. Um, where do you guys stand on the issue? And since you designed 15 card sets that are inherently going, you know, if they were real sets, they would be printable. But m- both of you referenced things that are not printable. Uh, I should mute my phone like an, you know, pro. Uh, how do you? How does? Sorry. Where do you stand on the print versus non-print issue? And then how do you? F- how much weight do you have to give that when you're making an expansion of printable cards that reference non-printable cards? And and we'll start with Mark and then go to Ben. How much do I consider? The fact that a lot of cards are non-printable. Yeah, for, for example, you you talked about uh, let me find an example hand weapons a lot, at least a couple times, and or or artifacts, and there are very few, if any, printable uh, hand weapons or artifacts. And and um, Ben, you referenced Breen and infiltrators and Cardassian dissidents, of which there are very few that are printable. I didn't mention so. Breen. He mentioned Breen, but but yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> So, Regardless, that, that's the example. When, when I was just considering it, so I say, okay, well, what does what does the virtual world need right now? That's what kind of drove my whole set. Was like, let's put that out there right now. They need equipment. Let's make it. But uh, as far as it goes, you can you know that those cards aren't printable yet. And I think I I've voiced it in all those threads that the the, the rate that they're becoming printable is is perfectly it's right on perfect. Um, I, what I would like to see though is actually just give the community the voice of what cards become printable next so that we can almost drive the direction of the printability. Ben, thoughts? I don't know. Everyone has a different idea about what should be printable and when and why, and everyone's wrong, including me. Uh, there's, there's, there's no right answer, and I... I I certainly didn't think about it when I was when, when and I don't think any of the rest of my team did. It wasn't something that came up. Um, since you mentioned it, yeah, it's a good point. But um, and and I feel like like uh, now I immediately understand why the move toward teams and in design because that I feel like when you make a team, it, it tends to be easier to to. Uh, uh, make a deck that's that's completely printable. Um, so uh, yeah, I did. I answer the question. I feel like I lost the thread there a little bit. Nope, you guys answered the question. That's uh, that's wonderful. Um, all right, if you go to your UStream, folks, and you hover over the bottom of it, if you are within ten minutes of a commercial, it will let you play that early. Go ahead and do that now, because after this thirty seconds. I am going to give you the results. Um, so, if you're not within 10 minutes of the commercial, I don't think it'll take 10 minutes for me to announce the results, so don't worry about it. Um, yeah, my dog is fighting now is a great time to start trying to bite my ear because she doesn't like it when I'm on the phone. Ah, uh, well. Um, so, we will be posting all of the public comments and the judges' comments in the results threads on the forums after the results have been announced. Uh, I have them all prepared. It's just a matter of getting them all copied over. Um, in the meantime, I think it quite hasn't been 30 seconds yet, but I want to explain briefly how the scoring was done. Um, there are four judges, Chris Laubin, Richard New, myself, and Neil Timmons. The AI did not judge. Um, Originally, the plan was for the AI to be replaced by both of the original mentors. However, since 
one of the mentors is related to one of the finalists, we sort of universally agreed that that would not be appropriate. So we left with just four judges. Uh, a total of 15 cards scored from 1 to 10, um, 14 of which count towards the final score. The lowest score got dropped. Um, other factors involved, it's out of a total of uh, 250 points is the final score. Um, so 14 cards. Uh, the public was asked to rate each expansion on three categories. Uh, their overall quality of the expansion, the their opinion of the theme, and then how well your cards matched the theme. Um, your teammates were asked to evaluate you on four criteria. Uh, how well you planned and scheduled, how well you split up the workload, how well the finalists uh, answered questions and provided explanations, and then the quality of the feedback on their work. Uh, each of those is worth uh, a small component of the final score, and then the judge's overall rating for each expansion is a component of the final score. So the each card is about 120. Each card represents the 14 of the 14 best cards are the largest portion of the score. The rest of it is all equally weighted. So there's nothing that's weighted more or less important. Um, the the score of the the Individual cards is calculated just like it was throughout the entire competition, being a composite of the judges' ratings and the total rating of the player base. Uh, speaking of the player base, we had 36, I think there was 36 unique voters, which was right about as many as we've had um, overall. Uh, as we've done every single challenge, we've given away cards to those who voted, and I'd like to give away five more today. Um, those would be to JJH, Red Dwarf, Honest, Boon of Bolian, and Wasso. So congratulations to those five for voting. You'll be getting a promo card in the mail shortly. So without further ado, I would like to announce the results. The winner of Make It So 2011 with a final score of 171 points is Mark Morris. So Mark, congratulations. Ben, congratulations. you did an excellent job. Uh, as the runner-up, you have earned the right to design a card in a future expansion. So you and I will be working together to uh, probably finally get your Abraham Lincoln in the game. Uh, but Mark... No, it probably won't be that. <laughs> Mark, congratulations. You have won Make It So 2011. Any Anything to say? Um, yes. <laughs> I should have prepared a speech. No, um, I just want to say I'm super excited to be working on the future of this game. Um, this is definitely something that I've wanted for a long time, just to be a part of the, the actual drive of the game. So I'm glad, to, glad I was able to compete, and uh, thanks to all my competition, Ben. It was a good time for everyone. And with that, I look forward to getting started. Okay, folks, it, this is Helen here. I think Charlie managed to get himself 
out of his own chat. Hello, am I here? Oh, he's back. Okay. Yeah, I muted myself. So, uh, Alan, why don't you go ahead and play what you've got queued up, and we'll come back and talk to Mark and Keith briefly. So. It has to take extra time to load now. There we go. really stop muting my mic. Anyway, uh, <laughs> those of you who are tuning in, we just announced the winner of Make It So 2011, Mark Baron Morath Morris. Uh, I have just posted the public comments in the threads on the forums, and we'll be posting the judge comments over the next few minutes uh, for everyone to review. Um, the final scores, just so you know, um, Mark with the most toys was 171, and Ben with Paradise Lost was 154.9, so it was fairly close out of 250. Uh, it was it was a less than 10% margin. Um, how you feeling, Mark? <laughs> Anybody? Hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> Apparently this is the perfect time for my family to jump in and be like, hey, let's eat dinner. Oh, well, um, if you get to go, that's fine. I mean, I'm sure everybody's willing to hang up on me anyway because we've been talking forever. But <laughs> a a any any thoughts on, on you know, winning? I'm pretty, I'm pretty elated. Um, and uh, I'm just going to say, you know, I'll never forget plays in your core. That's, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so, uh, the Brothers Morris, what's the conspiracy here? Does Canada run design now, or, or what's going on? Well, we, we do run the... Uh you know the the computer guy is Canadian, so that automatically means you run everything. Absolutely, that's true. Um, so Keith, a year out from Make It So 2010, how how do you look back on the experience, and and, and what advice do you have for your brother? Uh, make sure you listen to me. 
Um, I think that uh, he kind of... I, I don't know if I can give him much advice. Uh, he obviously, you know, knows what he's doing pretty pretty well. Um, it will be interesting if we ever get to work together. Um, I, I'm trying to decide if that would be a good thing or a bad thing. Because you're stupid. Because <laughs> a lot of the conversation would go like that. <laughs> Um, as for well, make it so. I think uh, you did a great job, Charlie, of running running the second version to make it so. I think things, you know, it, it went really smooth. So, you know, there might be things that you might change if you decide to do another one or whatever. But I think in general, it it, it ran much smoother this this time than the first time. So at this point, I would like to open up questions from the chat room to our winner. Does anyone in the chat room have anything? to say or ask of our champion. I know uh, it was interesting. I just saw John Corbett uh, said he doesn't ever want to do this again, and I'm curious what you guys, you know, are you you out now since you both won, you don't care, or, or is this something that we should continue to do? I'm all for the process. I, I think it works out to be a pretty good job interview. Um, it, it sucks because some, you know, promising designers kind of get, uh, you know, they don't they don't win. But at the same time, I think we both know that people who, you know, distinguish themselves during the competition might get tapped, you know, every once in a while. Hey, do you want to, you know, work on this or work on that? You don't necessarily always have to win to, you know, get something out of it. Yes, it, it is certainly possible that if a spot were to open up off-season, so to speak, that the make-it-so pool would be the first place I would go to fill it. That, that's no question about it. Um, let's see, do we have any questions? Make-it-so takes too long and he has ADD. Faithful hey, Reader wants to know what card you're most proud of. Well, before that, Alan asked why I didn't show up to the 1E tournament yesterday, and I'll just address my separated shoulder and the, what, half a foot of snow we got? <laughs> then separated on top of shoulder. That, what, do you, what do you, what do you, you don't need <laughs> mobility to play cards. It's, it's, yeah. anyway. <laughs> Next time, move the tournament to my house. We're good to go. <laughs> um, uh, moving on to questions. What yes. card am I most proud of? That. Does that mean card that from the most toys? That you designed. So sure, the most toys. What what most toys card are you most proud of? Um, tough call. There's a, there's a lot of them that I really like. That actually, I kind of really like Vash. The way she ended up is kind of fun and, and and cheeky, and I just like you know. There's all these inside jokes that we never really voiced, you know, about how she became an artifact personnel by having her cost reduced. Uh, the original incantation was player minus four if you've completed a mission that has uh, archaeology or anthropology, you know, so she'd actually be an artifact herself. Things like that, but we ended up putting in the Q flavor so you'd, you'd be instantly aware of which version of Vash that was. Absolutely, and uh, what, what do you consider to be the biggest mistake you made during the competition? <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't addressed the plays in the core yet? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, that one actually put me in, in neck and neck, and it came down to that last challenge uh, where uh, where Kano kind of just 
lost a few points there and uh, and my my steady stream of consistency actually put me into second place which got me that point but i you know looking back on it i think if i'd have just added plays in your core it wouldn't have even been that close you know yeah um we brought in uh, Nava Hobbit to congratulate you. You're, you're only, he's the only teammate who's on right now. So, um, well, I mean, I asked you this briefly earlier, but like, what what are you going to take from this competition? And we don't. I have no Sorry. idea. I have no idea when you're going to be working on a, on a team and who you're going to be working with. Um, what What are you going to take from Make It So forward as you actually get a design position on an expansion? So. Um, that's a great question. The the attention to detail. I you know I I make it so has really taught me what kind of develop designer I am. You know, top down versus bottom up. And I think I've really learned that I'm a, more of a bottom up designer. And so I hope that there's there's a way to facilitate that. You know, to kind of keep your aces in their pockets, kind of and use use them as their as they're designed to be. Yeah, I remember you mentioning something, Mark. Uh, am I am I on here? Yeah, you're on. You're okay, good. cool. Yeah, I remember you mentioning something, Mark, where you you're you're saying, "Wow, you're so top down that you made me realize how bottom up I am." So that was a that was interesting that you'd say that. There was a, there was a lot of times where Dan and I would kind of you know debate over whether a card was was the way it was supposed to go, and and Dan would inform me that that's not how the story went, and I would say, "But this is how I want the card to work." I'm talking about. So, uh, if you could pick the theme of the full expansion you're going to work on, what would you pick? Well, I'd have no problem doing a full expansion based on equipment. It'd be, you know, just 15 cards was pretty difficult, but I, I think I could pull out a 54 card expansion. I think it's it's a it's a card type that's not used enough. You know, they're out there, and, and, like, equipment malfunction is in a few decks, but that's only just to counter the Krasari Rendezvous stuff, you know? Why why isn't it in there? I mean, Keith, Keith will tell you right now, he throws in one of those stupid geology tricorders every game we play. Yeah. <laughs> but so, I mean, you'd like to just develop your boutique into a full-size expansion. Do you really think that equipment is enough to... Carry fifty-four cards. <laughs> it might, you know, it might be a sub theme. Uh, you know, it was it was pretty tough to say. Let's, you know, maybe thirty cards might be stretching it, depending on how big an expansion would be, fifty-four, forty-four, whatever. Um, it may be impossible to get all fifty-four cards. You know, working off equipment, sub subplot yeah. might be better. Yeah, I don't think I don't think this would have fit a fifty-four card. I think you were right, Charlie. This. This is, as you said, a junior varsity theme, but for 15 cards, I thought this worked very well. For a 15-card boutique, the equipment could fit very well, and I think we, and well, apparently we did that. <laughs> um, but I think you're right that for a larger set, it would have had to be a sub-theme. So Faithful Reader has one more question for you. Uh, if you were going to print this most toys as an expansion, uh, what one would have been, what card would you have picked as the release promo? Ooh. I might have still used Harmless Toy, but uh, apparently some discussions come up as to whether or not that's costed right. So, but I might uh, I have gone for hostage situation, just because there's so many examples of it. You got to go with Bash. Mm. That could be a good one, actually. The hostage situation is unexciting, of course. 
Or, or Smuggler's Stash with a picture of Harry Mudd's mustache. I'd love that idea. That <laughs> yeah, was uh, fairly brilliant. On, yeah, I think uh, it was, was that Jonathan or was it you, Mark, who came up with that one? The, the, well, I think the I title. actually proposed the idea of Stash, and then it just kind of came together. So um, we've got to wrap this up because we're coming up on our two-hour broadcast time, but... Uh, any final thoughts or words for the audience out there, Mark, as we wrap up Make It So 2011? You know, if we do a uh, Make It So 2012, I encourage everyone to try it out. You know, like as many as possible. Fill out the applications. It's a great experience. Yeah, I think yeah, as I think I was mentioning the chat room. Looks like I'll have to do it now. Then Canada can be three for three on these things. <laughs> I probably won't have time, though. Oh, yeah, wow. I, um, I have no idea if we will do Make It So 3 or when it will come about. But if we do, you can rest assured that we will bring it to you start to finish from trekcc.org. Um, I want to thank everybody that was on the show today. I want to thank um, all of our judges, Neil, Richard, Matt, myself, uh, every, every Foreman, for Foreman and uh, Chris for doing all of the work on uh, mentoring our teams. I want to thank all of our contestants you all did a phenomenal job, no matter whether you made it to the second phase or the final phase. I'm proud of all of you. Uh, a special thanks to everyone in the audience who uh, participated, who voted, who put up with the constant forum posts and the message boards posts and the front of the page posts. Your participation is guaranteeing the future of the game. And the most special thanks to Alan Gould, my producer, who is putting together these Ustream broadcasts. Uh, on behalf of the entire com continuing committee, congratulations again to Mark for winning Make It So, uh, as well as to Ben for the runner-up position. It was a difficult choice, a hard-fought contest. Um, I am proud of everyone involved. Um, with that being said, we are going to wrap up the broadcast. I'm sure we'll be doing more podcasting and conversation with uh, Mark, and uh, I'm actually kind of interested in getting Neil and Richard together and doing a let's pick apart everything and debate about it for hours podcast. Uh, let me know if that's something you'd listen to, but uh, this show will be up for rebroadcast on our Ustream channel. Um, to everyone out there who participated, thank you very much. Live long and prosper, and we will be signing off. Have a great night and week. Oh, and I forgot, Neil is pointing out, I hope we're still broadcasting. If we're not, then this will be just for Neil. But we are signing off, Make It So 2011, in the immortal, eh, and I'm going to mess it up, in the immortal words of Captain Jean-Luc Picard, Make It So. Let me show you some conventional